welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Like many of you, I grew up watching the show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's actually like a really profound show. This, this guy, Fred Rogers, would come on and teach, you know, important kid lessons through puppets and songs, allegory, visits from people in his neighborhood. And he was quite a force, actually, in, in shaping educational television. There's a documentary that came out fairly recently all about his life and who he was. And it's one of those that I, I think I turned it on on a plane once and... I was kind of like, oh yeah, I remember that show. I wasn't really expecting to have this profound experience, but like periodically as I'm watching this documentary on the plane, I'm, I'm sobbing because there was just so much goodness in Fred Rogers and what he was trying to accomplish in terms of really empathizing with children and with their inner worlds and creating a, a program that would be really helpful to them, but also really developmentally appropriate to the kinds of questions and fears that kids had. So anyway, Mr. Rogers, great show. But one of the things that I remember about it so distinctly is the way that it began. The show would open with Fred Rogers coming home from from work, ostensibly. He was wearing like a sport coat and, you know, shiny leather shoes. And he's singing this song. And as he's singing, he comes in his door and he takes off his shoes and he switches them for, you know, I can't remember if it's slippers or some just sort of informal, clearly not his work shoe. And then he takes off his sport coat and he puts on like a cardigan. And he does this costume change because he is shifting from the Mr. Rogers that goes to work at some job somewhere and the Mr. Rogers who is home singing and telling stories with his friends, with, you know, us, the kids. And I talk about that scene a surprising amount in my consulting work. Those of you who listen to this, who I happen to work with, sorry about the Mr. Rogers overkill. But it is such a lovely scene because it shows a really clear transition between the different selves, between a work self and a home self. And I think many of us have, as entrepreneurs are struggling for neat transitions, especially in an era where we are expected to really be on all the time. We're on at work. We are responding to texts and Slack notifications and email and just all of the things that doesn't stop, you know, at five o'clock or whenever our workday quote unquote ends. We're always on at work. And for many of us, we're also sort of always on at home. Uh, those of us who work at home, you know, it's not uncommon to um, have to kind of double up on email and maybe some childcare or making sure that the plumber gets let in and talking to the plumber between the meetings that you might have on Zoom in a given day. And there are many, many benefits to this sort of 
messiness of work and family and home and personal life. So I'm not disparaging that because I frankly really enjoy that I can have a great one-on-one consulting call for an hour and then go outside and play Frisbee with one of my kids for 15 minutes, come back in, do some email. Like my day is just really sort of crafted to include lots of different things that are important. And I'm glad for that. But the downside is the lack of that transition, the lack of taking off the shiny leather shoes and putting on the slippers, taking off the sport coat and putting on the cardigan. Because many of us are a certain version of ourselves within our professional life. So if you are the CEO and you are running the show and you are the great visionary and the organizer and the leader and someone who is inspiring and someone who is chiding sometimes, someone who is calling people to be accountable. You know, you have this role and then you might come home and realize that your role at home is like scraping banana residue off the hide chair where your 18 month old just ate lunch. And so you're you're shifting into this very different part of yourself. But if you bring too much CEO home into your family life, that can be highly problematic because the things that help you to thrive in the one environment are actually potentially very problematic in the other environment. So for example, there have been moments in our life, in moments of frustration where my husband, Rob, has said things like, if the kids were my employees, I would fire them. And I'm like, yeah, duh, of course, they're kids. But he's expressing this sense of frustration that he is used to having people do what he asks them to do. He's built great teams in the businesses that he has built. And he is used to working very collaboratively, very logically, very reasonable with competent human beings who are pretty motivated to keep him happy and and do what you know, his vision requires of them. Our children, on the other hand, are not super rational, not very collaborative, and really don't have a deep sense of their father's vision. You know, they are really motivated to be their own people and they have their own agendas. And that requires a very different set of skills than the CEO who is used to investing his effort into hiring really well so that he doesn't have to sort of pull people along by the toenails to get them to get something done. We didn't hire our children. They just, you know, sort of showed up as who they are and they do need to be kind of pulled along by the toenails to get things done. But the skills that you need to motivate a team at work are really different than the skills that you may need to motivate your children at home. But if you don't shift from one version of yourself to the other version of yourself, you risk sort of demeaning and dismissing, you know, wanting to fire your children like you would a problematic employee. And you fail to cultivate the very different set of skills that go into parenting, for example. An acquaintance, someone that I met um, at an event almost a year ago, a guy named Todd Herman recently wrote a book all about this shift or the need for these kinds of shifts in our personas. His book is called The Alter Ego Effect. And Todd is a performance coach. He works with athletes. He works with business owners. 
other people who are elite at what they do and are trying to get better. And one of the things that he does with the folks that he works with is he helps them identify an alter ego, a version of themselves who is best able to thrive in the moments of greatest challenge, a superhero, an animal, an archetype. And he works with his clients to really flesh out this alter ego so that they can actively shift into it when they most need to. One of the examples that he gives in the book is of this really, really gifted young singer who grew up singing in church, gospel music, choir music, was well indoctrinated and musically educated in a genre of of religious music that she loved and was really important to her. But as she became increasingly successful and as she, of course, got a little bit older, she was invited into more popular music where there's a sassiness, there's a sensuality, there's a, a way of moving or maybe even being provocative that is not necessarily in keeping with the choir robes and heavenly worship songs. So she began to develop this kind of alter ego, this shift, this different uniform, this different persona that helped her to thrive in the context of of popular music. And that persona was known as Sasha Fierce. And most of you probably know I'm referencing Beyonce. Uh, This is a story that Todd tells in his book. And when she went on stage as Sasha Fierce, she could do it. She could be all in on the sass and the girl power and the sensuality and the dance and the kind of boss lady-ness. But she didn't have to live in that space all the time because she was also still this sort of choir girl from this congregation and family that maybe placed less emphasis on sass and sensuality. So the development of Sasha Fierce as an alter ego allowed her to step into this version of her. It is her, but this version of her that was most necessary in this specific, highly challenging context. So I have talked with a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle with specific parts of their job. Maybe it's giving really critical feedback to someone who's really struggling, or maybe it's running your leadership team meeting. Maybe it's pitching to, you know, a potential investor. Maybe it's doing anything on stage or very publicly. There are lots of parts of life as an entrepreneur that pull on different skill sets and different levels of confidence and different versions of ourselves. So when you realize that something is being required of you, you're needing to play a certain role and that role is not necessarily supernatural for you. It can be helpful to cultivate this alter ego. So if you're someone who, for example, doesn't necessarily love the pitch or trying to sell your business, then maybe you imagine an alter ego in which you are this gifted orator, somebody who is charismatic and engaging. Maybe it's Tony Robbins or Barack Obama or... Brene Brown, the person that you find just utterly compelling, the person who really represents what it is that you would like to bring into the room with you when you give that next talk to your next potential funder. 
And so you, you kind of meditate on this alter ego. You study it. You think about how that person moves or how they dress, maybe a signature item, like a pen in the pocket or a pair of glasses. And you integrate that item, that uniform, that, you know, Mr. Rogers cardigan sweater into how you prepare and what you wear and how you bring yourself to this challenging moment, this time when your skills will be tested. And you use that sort of like a totem to help remind you of the characteristics that you are connecting with when you step into this other persona, this alter ego. And I really like this piece of Todd's work because he himself, as an example, he is, you know, he really likes this sort of Superman, Clark Kent, alter ego pairing. And so he will often wear glasses as an homage to the Clark Kent, I'm going to play it nice. I'm going to be the, the sound, calm, dependable newspaperman. But then when those glasses come off, there are all kinds of superhuman capacities that become possible. So Todd wears the glasses. He doesn't need glasses. His vision is great, but he wears glasses to remind him of that alter ego that he can show up to a meeting or an interview or a business conversation as Clark Kent, but that beneath that all the time there is Superman. And I think it, you know, he describes it as something that helps him to recognize his own power, but a power that doesn't have to be shown off in every moment. It can be kind of undercover in a really sort of cool way. So the physical object I think is really important. It's a, it's a context cue. It's something that is a physical reminder that helps us to shift into a different emotional state. And as I was mentioning at the, at the beginning of this, uh, <laughs> you know, rambling monologue, I think a lot of us struggle with the transition between work and home life. And so sometimes it's not the superhero that we need or the CEO or the badass version of ourselves. It's the calmer, quiet, baseball cap wearing dad or mom with the soccer ball keychain. We benefit from these subtle reminders about who it is we want to show up as in any given context or in any given moment. So even though I work from home most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, I, you know, get dressed for work. I'm on, I'm on Zoom calls, so it makes sense that I'm, you know, properly put together. And then when I'm done with work, I go like put on my yoga clothes or my shorts and t-shirt. I could definitely get away with probably wearing yoga clothes all day or certainly wearing, you know, a t-shirt all day. I don't think anyone would think less of me professionally, but it's important for me to have that different cue that here I am in work time. I am taking myself seriously. I am all in on the consulting work that I'm doing. I'm all in on the conversation that I'm having. And I'm listening with the full weight of my PhD and training and licensure and grown up powerhouse academic badass therapist. But when my workday is done, it's time to put on my other clothes to sort of signify it's playtime. Now it's time to sit on the floor and play Legos or wrestle with my kids or ride bikes around the block. And I don't need to wear my, 
you know, nice blouse. I can wear something that's easy to play in and move in because that's the phase of life where my kids are. We do a lot of bike riding and wrestling and throwing frisbees and water balloons. And like, I can't be wearing my nice clothes. It doesn't make sense. But if I don't change, then I find that I'm less apt to play. I'm less playful. I'm less open to getting down and wrestling with them because I'm still in that more reserved professional presence. So even if you work from home or perhaps especially if you work from home or work in a distributed team, these shifts that tell you who you are trying to be in any given moment become really, really important. So I really, really enjoyed Todd's book. Highly recommend it. It's on Amazon and Audible and all the normal places. I don't know him super well. Like I don't have his phone number, but I met him in an event. We're connected via social media and he seems like someone who's really, really, really thought about this work, done the research, has the practical experience to back it up. And so I think it's a super interesting set of ideas and um, one that I highly recommend to Alia out there in Zen Founder land. And before I wrap up, I wanted to mention that part of the expertise or a biggest part of my life that influences the content that I bring to the podcast is that I actively, you know, most of my day job is spent working one-on-one with entrepreneurs, helping them think about their own mental health or helping them think about healthy practices within their business. And I'm super excited because I just onboarded a woman I have known for a long time. Her name is Brooke Bergman and she is someone who has a lot of expertise and experience in working with couples. So it's something that I've done a little bit, but I think Brooke is way better at it than I am. Um, I'll probably have her on the podcast soon. But if you are someone who is struggling in your relationship with your significant other, if the business is taking a toll, if life is taking a toll, or if things are going pretty well, but maybe you just want to do a little checkup and see if there are things that you could do to make it better or things that you could do to prevent problems down the line, Brooke and I would be super happy to chat with you about what that might look like. And I'm really glad to have brought someone on who is smarter than I am at this particular thing. And she's been a fun addition to the Zen Founder team. So don't hesitate to get in touch with us if, you know, that sounds like it's of interest. And I thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.